Guideline First Look Guideline for a Safe Environment of Care by Lisa Hauck, Managing Editor The updated AORN, Guideline for a Safe Environment of Care, will provide guidance on maintaining a safe environment of care for patients and perioperative personnel, including information on clinical and alert alarms, noise and distractions, occupational injuries, fire safety, electrical equipment, warming cabinets, medical gas cylinders, waste anesthesia gases, latex allergy, and hazardous chemicals and waste. The guideline was last updated in 2012. According to Byron Burlingame, AORN Senior Perioperative Practice Specialist, the majority of the recommendations in this updated guideline are the same as those outlined in the previous version, but with additional evidence to reinforce them. The recommendations in the 2012 guideline were strong, he said. In addition, we found no new evidence to suggest that they should not continue to be followed. Noise and Distractions One change with this update was to move the recommendation to minimize noise and distractions not related to patient care from the original AORN Guideline for a Safe Environment of Care Part 2 to this version of the guideline and reword it to focus specifically on personnel or equipment-generated noise and distractions. Noises and distractions can negatively affect surgical performance and interfere with team function. In the perioperative setting, noises created by personnel can include conversation, door openings and closings, overhead pages, and elective music. Noises created by equipment can include clinical and alert alarms, heating, ventilation, and air conditioning systems, phones, and surgical tools. There are many studies out there that link noise to distractions and distractions to errors, Berlingame said. To reduce the number of errors, you have to start at the root cause, which is noise. Measures to minimize personnel-generated noise include limiting non-essential conversations, controlling the tone and volume of essential conversations, and restricting the number of personnel in the OR. Measures to minimize equipment-generated noise include turning portable communication devices, that is, smartphones, off or on silent or vibrate, leaving portable communication devices outside the OR, using fixed communication devices, that is, overhead paging systems, only for essential communication or in place of door openings, using fixed communication devices in the lowest volume, and reducing the volume of electronic devices to a level that allows team communication. It is of particular importance to minimize distractions during critical phases of the surgical procedure, including surgical briefings, timeouts, anesthesia induction, emergence from anesthesia, surgical counts, important portions of the procedure, that is, aneurysm clipping, and surgical specimen management. Occupational Injuries The update continues to recommend taking precautions to mitigate the risk of occupational injuries associated with slips, trips, and falls 
including establishing and implementing a slip, trip, and fall prevention program and performing an environmental hazards assessment review of injury data in the healthcare organization. The prevention program strategies for minimizing slips, trips, and falls include creating unobstructed pathways via equipment and supply arrangement, immediately cleaning up spills and debris, covering electrical cables on the floor with facility-approved coverings, reducing clutter, providing adequate lighting, posting warnings of wet floor hazards, and wearing slip-resistant shoes. In today's world of healthcare, the occupational side is often overlooked, Berlingame said. Occupational injuries are still occurring, so these recommendations are provided to continue to support personnel in ensuring appropriate safety measures are implemented in their facilities to prevent these injuries. Fire safety Potential hazards associated with fire safety should be identified and safe practices for communication, prevention, suppression, and evacuation should be established. This includes a written fire prevention and management plan developed by an interdisciplinary team of key stakeholders that outlines each team member's role, communication procedures, prevention methods, protocols for managing different fire scenarios, alarm activation procedures, methods to extinguish a fire, preferred routes and levels of evacuation, a description of the facility's fire prevention algorithm, and required content for and frequency of fire safety education, including fire drills. The updated guideline now recommends that personnel perform a fire prevention assessment rather than a fire risk assessment. Burlingame indicated that the reason for this change in wording was to highlight the fact that although certain factors, for example, location of the operative procedure, increase the risk of fire, every patient in the OR is at risk because all three sides of the fire triangle, that is, oxidizer, fuel, ignition source, are present in every procedure. This, in turn, means that every patient requires interventions to prevent a fire. Think of fire as a complication of every operative procedure, he said. Each patient needs to be assessed to determine the interventions to prevent that complication, that is, fire, and then those interventions need to be accomplished. Some interventions will apply only to some patients, such as putting a water-soluble gel on the patient's hair, and other interventions will apply to all patients, such as putting the electrosurgical unit active electrode in the holster. The RN circulator, in collaboration with the perioperative team, should perform the fire prevention assessment preoperatively to identify fuels, ignition sources, and possible presence of an oxygen-rich environment. He or she should communicate these results to the perioperative team during the standardized briefing process. The perioperative team can then implement the necessary interventions as described in the facility fire prevention algorithm. Education and training for all perioperative personnel should include elements of the fire triangle, use of the fire prevention assessment, extinguisher locations and use, evacuation routes, medical gas panel locations and operation, 
locations of shutoff controls and procedures for turning off electrical systems, location of fire alarm pull stations, fire safety and evacuation plans, and each team member's responsibilities. Chemicals Personnel should continue to take precautions to mitigate the risks associated with the use of chemicals in the perioperative setting. Although chemicals in the perioperative environment are decreasing, they still exist, Burlingame said. What the guideline does is provide a quick and easy summary of OSHA, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, guidelines. And for further information, users can go to those specific guidelines. Improper handling of chemicals can result in injury to healthcare personnel and patients, including to the integumentary, reproductive, and respiratory systems. A chemical hazard risk assessment for all chemicals should be performed every year using the safety data sheet and manufacturer's instructions for use. The assessment should include chemical identification and properties, composition, disposal, handling, and storage requirements, exposure control measures, first aid, fire safety, and personal protective equipment measures, hazard identification, reproductive toxicity, whether a chemical with less risk of causing injury can be used, and whether a chemical is no longer being used and can be discarded. The healthcare organization should provide personal protective equipment, including appropriate gloves, aprons, goggles, or impervious clothing, for any staff members who handle chemicals in the facility. And perioperative personnel should wear this equipment during any exposure to hazardous materials. Conclusion Perioperative RNs can be effective in helping ensure a safe environment of care for both patients and personnel. They can achieve improved patient outcomes and staff member safety by following the recommendations in this updated guideline that have been reinforced by new evidence, including minimizing noise and distractions, mitigating risks of occupational injuries, assessing and addressing fire safety, and taking precautions to reduce the risks associated with chemicals in the perioperative setting.